I believe God will be better served if handmaids are not posted in households. What are you smoking? No commander's gonna buy into that. They're not interested in some quick in and out to make a baby. They Commander? want those girls in their homes, accessible anytime so they can sniff the air after they walk by or do whatever the hell they want, get their rocks off. These are pious men. They need a little kink. You know that. Do I? Don't you? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Resisting Gilead. I am your host, Gina, and today I have with me of Tim, Tim, DJ Tim Hines. Welcome to the show, bud. It's been a while. Oh, hello, Commander Gina. It's really great to be here. I'm, I'm so happy. Once again, we get to talk about another awesome episode together of this great show. And now I realize it, it's taken me a while, but now I realize the meaning of why you named the podcast what you did because from what everything i'm starting to see it is so hard to resist going back to gilead oh yeah and you know if i'm commander gina wouldn't you be of gina well you're right i didn't uh -huh. you know you said it i guess so well anyway i'll call you tim because i have respect for you as my fellow human being Okay. I'll okay. Still, Commander Gina. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Of course. <laughs> no, we, we kid. We joke. It's 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 uh it's all fun and games till the world really starts to get dystopian and we have to do that. Right. Um, some places more than others, I guess. So what do you think of this season so far? This season has been a lot uh I don't want to say more fun, but a little more fun than the other seasons like it's it's almost fun because the the consequences are so different there are they're, they're very lax and we're seeing a lot of things that probably shouldn't happen but because they tell us the groundwork of why they're able to happen like like you know june being able to just be released uh, after what she did <laughs> Like it, all these different things, and and you know, it, it's making it a little bit like the Wild West. Um, so I'm kind of having fun with it, but in in, in a way, it, it's taking a little away from the depth of everything because because it opened the world up and made it broader. Right, and I know last season when we talked, you're like, I want more Gilead. You you kind of like, oh, I'm not really digging this, and you know, and I think it's because of the stuff that happens in Canada. It doesn't, we're so used, we've been so conditioned by the way things are in Gilead that it is kind of hard to break out of that. It's like they have, they've all brainwashed us all into being like, oh yes, Gilead, this is where we want to be. Right. And I think they're going to come back to that. They keep, you know, foreshadowing the way, you know, uh, Serena's out there calling different nations and they want to pitch, you know, their idea to certain nations. They want to, you know, tighten it up, this and that. So I think that we will get, you know, go back to that. Um, 
or they're going to leave it alone a little bit maybe and because we already know what happens there and they're going to maybe they're just going to show us this these fringe groups now that are that are in the quote unquote America inside Canada or this no man this 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 what do you call it like I don't know uh DMZ uh free for all no man's land right yeah, I think it's um, I think it's really interesting how it's come out that Mayday is really this kind of unorganized, unstructured entity. I mean, it's it's like somewhat organized, but there's no clear leader. And that was kind of fascinating. And the fact that they could be anywhere, I thought, was also really it's, interesting. It's very much on parallel with Anonymous. Oh, you are very right. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, you were you know, right about that. They they do their fighting in the trenches of the internets, you know, but there's really no leader. They're just just kind of like hackers who, you know, just keep going in, in the name in the name of anonymous. Yeah, it's also I hate to say it, it's also like Q and QAnon. That leader's never been well. It's never well, been publicly you, fully identified. There's that HBO doc where it's, that kind it. of insinuates, but guess you're not on 4chan. I'm not on 4chan. No, I just watch documentaries about it. Yeah, I saw the same one, so <laughs> that's all I know about it. But yeah, it's uh, you know, something like that. It's just supposed to spark an idea, you know. Uh, I guess like like that. What was the movie V for Vengeance? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, v, what was it Vendetta? Um, Vendetta, yes, yeah. I think. You know, V was a, was an idea. I think you know Mayday's kind of that whole theme, but is you know there still could be someone pop up as Mayday. You know, like it seems like a, you know it's just an idea, but I I could see them having uh, in the future some kind of thing because June is as much as she was trying to like you know, uh, get herself together. We see in other episodes, she's sort of, this episode sort of solidified that she's going to become militant. It does. And let, let's talk about her a little bit because <laughs> it starts with her, she's wearing the plum color that Hannah was wearing. I kind of figured, okay, this is like a solidarity thing. But this crazy lady comes up to her and the playground and is all over her and Nicole. And then when June's not open to her advances, like starts calling her a whore and a slut. And I mean, June's crazy, you know, she's not mentally well, but honestly, I don't really think her reaction to this woman was too, too far off what any other parent's reaction would be. In fact, if I was at the park with my niece and nephew and some whack job came up and started getting in our face like that I probably would have had the same reaction over them yeah well, I, I don't know that one part of it was like the normal thing to do she didn't overreact at the beginning you know the woman pushed her to the edge and, and you know basically threatened her child I, I think that's sort of the that one thing that Moira had made mention to like now I trust you with, with her like I think that's the the motherly instinct she was looking for to come yeah. back. You know, there's certain instincts that we start seeing come back, but she's you know still uh, a little bit 
you know, different. And at, at one point, I had a split second, I thought when she went to push her up, you know, against that, I think it was like the pole of the swing or something, when she pushed her up against that and grabbed her, I thought someone could easily just snatch that baby and like that, that could be right. like, oh my goodness. Like, so there's certain parts of this where I think she's going to be in danger where she is. Yes, and I think the baby is also in danger of being, yeah, the baby and June are both in danger. Um, whether she realizes it or not, I think she's still too obsessed with Serena and her hatred towards Serena um, to kind of fear for her own safety at this point. But she, at least she knows that she's off. Like she says something to the effect of, I went over there and I wanted to like a crazy person and I wanted to kill her, you know, and I can't say I'm not going to, at least she's self-aware enough to realize where she's at. I think if she was truly crazy, she wouldn't even be saying I'm a crazy person, but she is, which, you know, they always say if someone's really crazy, they'll never admit to being crazy because they're just so far gone. They don't realize it. Anyway, I think she I think she's just playing on that, like uh, the, the, the way they call it crazy. Like I, she knows what she's doing is wrong. She knows yes. that she like she knows she's traumatized. She knows they're all messed up there, but she sees the bigger picture like she just is in vengeance mode. Right. So it, it's it's not crazy as much as focused where no one else can understand that because it's uncivilized yeah and she does but we're starting to see them see why it's necessary yes and she does seem wild west with the gun and everything bringing that gun to that kind of you know protest where some guy punches moira and she's just like pulls it on him shoots it in the air she is definitely she has her own vendetta and wants vengeance rightly so I think what we're going to see this season become more about is how she puts that into a more constructive way to try and move things forward. And I think kind of her realizing Mayday actually is real and exists and she can be Mayday in whatever form she wants to take. It just, thank God Luke is there to be like, hey, we're going to do this, but we have to be careful because we have a family and we want to make sure we get Hannah back. You know, we can't just go guns blazing balls to the wall. We have to be smarter about it than just using pure violence the way Gilead would. And she's been conditioned to be like, I, if I want to get what I want, I need to use violence and, and force. Um, she needs to kind of get her thinking cap on, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I think that, you know, the problem is she's underestimating Serena. You know, the more they keep bringing Hannah up, like when Luke, you know, paid her a visit, that was one of his demands was Hannah. Like in his three things, like, like you keep letting her know your weakest point. Mm -hmm. If, you know, granted, I'm sure she'll always know that she's going to want Hannah, but if you keep, you know, if you don't bring it up every time to her, she will want to use it as that that wedge or that tool to really get at you. 
and they're almost like giving her that fuel. Well, and it was, I don't know if it was a mistake for Luke to go see Serena or not, but she, she heard he was there and you immediately saw her wheels turning. You know, come to think of it, I do wonder why you never returned to Gilead to save your daughter. I mean, there were risks, of course, which your wife took. And she suffered for them many times. Then again, she did have Nick's support. I'm sure that gave you some small comfort knowing that. You stay away from my family. Or the next time I see you, I'm gonna fucking kill you myself. Ah, oh, Serena, she's just, she is, she's very cunning and calculated. Um, I don't know. I don't know. She's, um, but she, she might, she might be in for it. It's... See, I just don't get, they have those sovereign houses. <clears throat> now, if that's like, like the UN, like, I don't know. If Luke came in there, I don't know if he would have left there. I might have had that Jeffrey Dahmer bat acid like ready to go. Get that vat out. Let's go. You know, I, I I don't I don't see how, you know that those are certain things of the show that where it starts slipping a little bit, like these moves that would never be made in real life. Like, you know, you wouldn't walk into somebody's consulate like that and start making threats. Like you may never walk out. Right. Um, I guess it's, I mean, that's the whole wishy-washy thing about it. Is it a consulate, an embassy, a cultural center? Um, yeah, like we don't know what what their stature is, what their, you know, the laws are. And they say that whole, you know, gray area. Well, if there's a gray area, I feel like there would be, you know, vigilantes out there or just people who, who think they're fighting for one side, just taking people out, like, all the, all over the place. And I don't know, I feel like the, just somebody would pay attention to that after a while. It's just kind of weird that they allow that. Yeah, and I don't know what's strange about this, and even Serena going back to Canada and Lawrence having so much insight and control over what she's doing like he turned down all those invitations that she got from other embassies he's like well, maybe you could go have tea with venezuela which is probably like you know the bottom of the barrel in terms of who you want to bring over to gilead's side because they're already kind of a horrible country well when you said that i want to know if you think that that was really having tea with venezuela or code because the way he says it was very strange. Well, I mean, Lawrence is a strange guy. He has his motives. And I feel like even having her in this place, having Ezra keep an eye on her, we now know that Ezra reports back to Lawrence about what Serena's doing and what happens, like June's little, you know, nocturnal visit, as they call it. And part of me thinks he sent her back just so he can kind of like torture her from afar a little, like just not give her, you know, it's a way of not giving her what she really wants. Like 
it's like a setup, like you think oh, yeah. you're going to be useful, but you're really not because I'm going to make sure you're not. And then also I kind of feel like maybe he just sent her back because he wants June to off her. Like, get this lady out of my hair. We, Gilead, can't murder this miracle of life. Like, I don't think they'd ever do it while she was pregnant anyway, but the fact that she was able to conceive even murdering her after the fact might be frowned upon would would probably be frowned upon by the rest of the world in addition to everything else they do but you put her in in canada and let june and some other people have a go at her uh, then that's no blood on our hands you know we just she was doing our work and she got killed then it's like they have an excuse for a martyr even so it makes me wonder if this is kind of lawrence's long game in a way I gotta say, this is one of the hardest uh, things to figure out on on a show I've seen in a really, really long time because it could go right now any way. Mm. They could use her as this, uh, you know, uh, almost like a, a deity in, in Canada. The way once they realize the way people are coming out and supporting her. Like, right. once they start seeing that, then the way they put her on the screen, she's, like, the one that the world saw. Like, there's a lot that I think she's going to be useful for, but they're also playing it where this is the easiest way to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. So so it's... It, and, and then, you know, there's other things. Like, maybe she isn't going to be a good ambassador. Maybe she's... Um, not going to be not an ambassador for the world at all. Maybe that is all a plan. Meaning, you know, tea with Venezuela means, uh, <laughs> you know, meet with June or take, you know, go fight June or you know, you know, we never, you, who knows. So like it's very and it's very like very tight with the way they let on, you know, like let us to to ponder where the, what their purpose is with her, because I think it's a step further, like. Now, the woman that took her in. Yes. Do you remember her name? Well, she introduces herself as Alanis Wheeler, but there is another name that's used in IMDb and that has been used in press for her character, which is Gladys Wheeler, which makes me think she is like such a crazy devotee to Gilead that she changed her name somehow along the way to be more Gileadish, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean the and the fact that there was a W, right? And she's getting brought through the W gate again, Mrs. Waterford. Mm-hmm. Like it just see like there was a whole bunch of like you belong here type of things. Well, and, and I oh, go ahead. Yeah, and it just like that's where you you know first we saw the praise with all the people that surround her and 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 you know uh when she comes back then then we you know we're on the car and then we saw the people outside the embassy some for her some against her all all types of you know fighting so we know that she has support and then all of a sudden the guys you know the driver says look you know we have uh whatever you know phrase he used from their book and he said something about you know uh we do something and the, and the, the lord gives gives us more or something uh-huh. and all of yeah. a sudden like they had a set up place 
it just there's a lot of red carpet out for her there is but i also felt like the ride out to this house and she didn't know where she was going or who she's going to meet it's very similar to when a handmaid gets posted they get in this van and they're going somewhere they don't know where they're going to end up oh a maid or in the case of gilead a martha meets them at the door tells them to wait in the foyer and then you know the missus comes down and in this case while serena's not a handmaid she got that handmade treatment like she did that exact same thing to june the hands on the belly the praying at the belly and serena looked grossed out and i'm like yeah bitch this is what you get like how now you know how it feels how disgusting it feels to have someone just like like covet your belly she's inside gates she can't leave yeah she's got the driver (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's a handmaid. It's it's in she's in a handmaidish position in a way for sure. What will happen at this house? We've yet to understand or realize. Like, are are we even sure this house is still in Canada? This baby's so precious. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, I think the house is still in Canada. I did. I did see a preview for next week and it looked like there were more plain clothes being worn in this house. I'm like, okay, I think they're still I in saw, Canada. I saw but... maple trees. So, yeah. Um, Canadian maple? I don't know. Yeah. There was a goose, Canadian goose. <laughs> a flag Canada. hanging outside. <laughs> a flag. Instead of the maple leaf, it was like the little symbol of Gilead, but the red and the white and the red. <laughs> Their version that would be gross. Oh gosh, yeah, but, it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I still would love to see a map. I know we never will. Everything's so gray, but it would be very cool, you know, like just to know, like where this this DMZ type area is to in relativity to where they are. But you know, obviously, we know it's it's you know, large city, like. They made wherever they are is it, you know Toronto or wherever mm-hmm. you know it's it looks like they made it look like Tokyo you know with all those huge billboards and screens everywhere so we know it's a like there's a lot of advancement still going on in the world as as bleak as Gilead is and, and with no not too many uh, what do you call it? like electronics or big things to let us know how far advanced we are. When we get to, you know, see how what Canada is, we know how far behind, like, uh, Gilead is as far as not wanting anything. But we're still, I, I would say, like, this is more a little bit of a future where we're at. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, well, if you consider that whenever Gilead first came into formation, which sounds like it was maybe around 2014 or 2015, if, if June got posted at the Waterfords in 2017, there, it's probably like kind of on track where we're at now, but just figure like all that technology infrastructure and advancement in a way was torn down in the United across the United States when Gilead turned up, you know. So it's almost like it did set them back, as people like to say, you know, 50 years um, in line with some of the politics that people want in this country. It's like that happened. It's like, yeah, we're going to set it, you know, dial everything back and 
Well, and and the one thing like that the kind of it was funny it was when, when they talk about cleaning the gun, and she's like, "Yeah, I watched the video on YouTube." Right. Well, but like that's something so simple that we do to do you know to repair things and to learn new techniques and how to how to do different things that you kind of forget like no one they they don't have any access to that stuff in Gilead where they want right. they could learn other things like so when at the end when they talked about um when Aunt Lydia said uh that Janine was you know the last one of the to follow her not Janine uh was, Esther Esther was the last one to to of her kind to follow her and the, you know the meaning June um it, it got me thinking like once that pool not you know not just Esther but like that generation is kind of outgrown themselves and the next one step up they're gonna not know anything buckle yet like it, they have right. a short window to really I would say I don't want to say like unionize but like to 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 get together for you know, some kind of revolution. But, I, you know, once this system's in place for a couple of generations, it's almost going to be impossible to, you know, to know anything else and get out of it. Like, there's no, it, no you know, no education about outside that you would even right. want to know, want to go see that you don't even know about. Right. And, and while it's not quite like that bad in... Iran because they've been having all the protests there over the woman who got killed because supposedly she was wearing her head covering incorrectly, which is ridiculous. It, it's, I mean, that's not even as bad as Gilead in a sense, but 1979 was when they had the revolution. So there is, yes, a whole generation there already that's never known anything but how this is now. So you know, maybe it it takes, it might take a whole generation as in like a whole, well, it's been longer than 30 years to even get the people who have been oppressed for so long into place where they can rally to, to raise up. I don't know. Yeah. And and that's, you know, because they still, they're able to see other places still. Right. But not, yeah, Gilead's much. You know, like, like China, China has a very restricted internet. You know, they, there's so many things they can't see. So there's people that, you know, don't know about other parts of the world, which is, it's frightening to think about because we, you know, we have so much access to information. And without the information, like, there's no, it's so easy, to, you know, it's so easy, but way easier to keep people oppressed. Right, Yeah. So do we want to talk about Luke a little more? Um, I don't think there's too much to talk about with him, though. I'm happy to see him both really being on June's side, finally, and understanding her anger while still trying to keep it in check. I guess that's what I'll say about, about Luke. And he also embraced her inner weapons kink. Um, yes. Who knew that bonding over a gun in which you might potentially want to use to kill the same person could be foreplay? <laughs> I mean, if the, 
If the Second Amendment doesn't make you hot, I don't know what does. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that was a kind of an interesting uh, prelude to them finally reuniting in a way that wasn't her raping him. Um, so there's been growth in their relationship, and I guess they're maybe back on a better path now. Plus, Nick basically broke up with her in the last episode by admitting that he'd remarried so you know she's you know really kind of i guess technically more psychologically a free agent um than maybe she felt like before uh before that news it's so it's so twisted though like to still be like hooked on that guy it's it's so weird and i could i you know i i know how possible it is you know with with you know ways of the heart but it's just it's so weird to watch it like that because you you know like you want to be like hello you should, you know get away from him but in a, in a way you say you know you can't the mind yeah. and the heart wants weird things even if you know certain values are different and whatnot it's just it's so weird but you know uh, I'm glad I'm glad they're uh, finally getting back to like at least being you know a team yes. Yeah, me too. Should we talk about Lydia and Janine with a sprinkling of Lawrence? Oh, now? yeah. yeah, oh, this, yeah. Is, this is the good, really like the hidden good stuff of the episode. Everything else was like laid out as entertainment. This was like the the little, uh, I don't know, like the, the, the juice of the episode. Although before we go there, I do want to just do a throw out to Mark Tuello who always shows up at the house and is like immediately the biggest horse's ass in the room. They're like, oh, here you are, finally, after <laughs> Hannah's been on the big screen and and June just like really lays into him, not in the aggressive I will kill you way, but just as like, you're such a fucking disappointment. And it was just such great delivery. I warned you about her. You won't listen. God, you're such a fucking disappointment. Oh, perhaps your expectations are unrealistic. I don't know. That guy, I'd love to know more about his backstory, but he, he he's only had like one spark of brilliance. Otherwise, he just seems to be a, a pussy, pussy whipped on Serena, even though he's never had it. I don't know. It's just weird. Well, all right. Here's another weird thing with him. There was that weird line. He says... You'll, it's going to be very hard. You sure you want to come back here? It's going to be very hard for someone like you who isn't married. And she says, don't worry, I will be soon. Well, that was when they were still in Gilead and she thought she was going to marry Lawrence. She she thought she'd sealed that deal. so? Because that, yes. right. And I think the way he took it, it was like, like, she was flirty with him and i feel like now he's like well, then another... she did flirt with him and she kissed him on the cheek like right. she's just a bag of hot mess <laughs> so and, and and then you know again like more like kick of the dick like all right see you later i got my driver don't worry i don't need you no more bye right yeah she's she's got um ezra around her now and uh 
I don't know how long before she starts putting the moves on Ezra was what I was kind of thinking before she was shipped off to the wheelers. But well, now um, you got me thinking how long till Ezra has to restrain her and bring her back inside the house. Oh, that's interesting, too. Just like an eye slash guardian. Uh huh. <clears throat> interesting. OK, now on to the juice. Oh, our poor girl, Janine. Oh, man, she's in rough shape. I was so annoyed when they both came back to life. Well, um, I mean, the only the only thing I could think about Janine living is there's got to be a bigger role for her to play, because that was kind of it. It's like, well, what's her role? It seems like she's just sucking up to the ants and, you know, um, you know, doing their doing their bidding. And I thought her death would have been a good turning point for Lydia to really change. Although it seems like this event in general might have been enough of a trigger and that that Janine's survival because she prayed to God for Jean to survive and that if she survived, she would change is is the catalyst. So. Um, yeah, it's. I, I just love that there's a little of the original Janine, the pre-eye removal girl sass has has seemed to come back. Like she's she's dropping a couple of f bombs, and while oh, she's she... while she's apologizing, she's getting right in Lydia's face about some of the stuff she's done. And yeah, and she doesn't care anymore. She said, "What are you going to do? Take my other eye?" Right. Like yeah. like like when you say that, like, all right, you've come to the point where you've got nothing to lose now. I gave you the education you needed to live a safe and meaningful life. And here you are, still with us. Just stop it. I know what you do, what you do to those girls, your precious girls. I see you. I see who you really are. I've still got one good eye, remember? I'm going to take that one, too. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then Lydia's rationalization is just so nuts. Like, I was training you to protect you by taking out your eye and abusing you. And it's just like, really, lady? That's that's your that's your excuse. Well, she I, she, she bought into it hard. You know, yeah. she. She's a believer. She really believes this. And I think she has convinced herself she needs to believe this to make, yes. make all those things okay. And now, you know, she's starting to realize they're not okay. And her idea was great, but it just so... Her idea being the one, you know, to, to change the way Gilead is and have, you know, the, the commanders come to them to make plant their seed and just the way it got shot down and how she really now she like basically got her eye taken out and sees that this is not about procreation yes and i thought that whole interaction with lawrence i was i was at first i was really disappointed in lawrence for just being like are you kidding me like there's no way they're gonna go for that they need their kink and and she's like do they he's like don't they it was such a 
any exchange. I think Lydia's so, I don't want to say naive, but I do feel like she's, talk about a blind eye. Well, she had to convince herself of yeah, that. I think she, she put yes. herself in that position. Like, we saw all those instances, you know, on the outside of when she was just, like, like shell-shocked. And I think she got shocked so hard into this lifestyle that it's just, you know, it, it's almost like the, you know, uh, how you get into a cult and you just believe everything. Yeah. Well, and, and there were times when June was pregnant that June, I mean, June has tried to tell Aunt Lydia what Janine just told her repeatedly back in the day, you know, after Fred. Um, but she had beat, to see it. Beat Serena, you know, after even when in the torture prison, you know, you sent these girls out to be raped and humiliated. And Janine really backs that up where Janine's been so quiet and tried to walk the walk before she's over it because you know she got poisoned and she can't walk and she's kind of like done being the being the good girl maybe um we'll have to see but i think it's fascinating that lydia said a word i never thought i'd ever hear her say which was i want to change things and and approach them with more compassion and she almost choked on that word, by the way. But I thought, okay. And she wants Janine's help. What will Janine do? Will Janine walk the walk and do the straight and narrow for Lydia? Or is she going to find a way to organize and activate some may some Mayday mojo among the handmaids? Or can she successfully maybe try to do both? I think that... Janine's just unfortunately too mentally weak to make decisions for herself. Mm -hmm. She needs to be led. So whether whatever direction Aunt Lydia goes in, I think as much as she's gonna fight it a little bit, she'll be on her side. Trying to reform the girls. You know, I don't think I, I can't see her being a warrior. I, I I she's more of a, a martyr type figure. Like she's gonna do something wild and be like you know Janine the Great maybe yeah we'll see it's interesting though I think it does set up a whole it really has revived whatever her storyline might be because you know Janine's like on her fifth or sixth life at this point after surviving the poisoning <clears throat> she only has a few left she's got the cheat code for Gilead I, I guess so. She 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 found the the magic egg somewhere that's like giving her uh, giving her multiple lives. But th this um, is a great setup for the whatever whenever it is an Aunt Lydia episode because this is like it's so just like uh, wet the lips like oh, oh my god you know your taste buds are going like yes we're gonna get the Aunt Lydia episode and you know even if it's not next week we still know where her head's at i i really hope so and i don't know if we'll get one this season or not but i can tell you from reading the testaments that and aunt lydia is a, a, one of the ma three main characters in that book she has a more great backstory there's a ton of stuff on her when gilead came into fruition 
and her indoctrination into that and how she kind of achieved her post and everything. And I would love, <clears throat> that would be a whole episode on its own. So it makes me wonder if we'll get to see that before the Handmaid's Tale series ends or if that will be a big part of how the Testaments uh, show kicks off when they finally do that. Right, because that really <clears throat> probably wouldn't be a, make a difference of when they put it. Right. Know, like it wouldn't take away from, from the other story because you'd still know it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Very interesting. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, this it's it's definitely a lot more fun. Last season was super dreary, um, but I think it it just set the pace for this one. Yeah, well, and I think you know when John was on with me last week, he basically said, "Thank goodness for Lawrence. He's he's really the comic relief in this show." Uh, and he is, he's, he has the great one-liners and you, you still wonder what he's up to. And, and I mean, a big part of me thinks, well, he doesn't want the handmade system to change. Otherwise, how else will commanders behave badly outside going to Jezebel's and how will he get dirt to lord over them so he can stay in power and not remarry? Um, it's weird though. His whole <clears throat> persona is just like about fucking with people. Oh, yeah. Like Since he has the beginning. No, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. Like, you know, who he helped and then stopped helping and went more towards the command, like to, towards Gilead and then bucked at Gilead. And yeah, it's just all these different things. Like he, it, you know, and he just smiles about it. Like he doesn't, like, it's almost like he's, he pushes to see what's next and then changes on the fly. Like he has no, I don't think he has any main main goal. He just likes to see chaos. It, it would be interesting to see a flashback episode on him and when this idea for Gilead kind of first came up. He's like one of the creators. Serena equally is one and we've seen her origin story with this. But I, I'd like to see Lawrence's All right. because I, I still feel like this was a joke he made having scotch which a, with a bunch of these pretentious, fragile white dudes. And they're like, oh, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, let's see how far I can take this. Right. And here it's, we it's, are. I mean, what would be kind of interesting is, which they've never really addressed in the show too much other than getting rid of you. But, like, what if he has, like, you know, a hidden bipolar disorder? that he's not telling anybody about because he doesn't want to be cast away or sent to someplace where mental, you know, where he's considered not pure, who knows, and he's been hiding it. And he doesn't really know that he's, like, up and down like that. Uh, it would be interesting for a backstory, I tell you, like, that some kind of, like, like, wild mental thing because... You know, he has compassion, then he doesn't care, then he's then he's all happy, then he's like like fuck him, like I, he I there's so many back so much back and forth with him. I think that might be more of just a socio sociopathy, like he's a bit of a sociopath. Like his wife Eleanor definitely had some severe bipolar disorder going on. Um he's more calculated, although I don't think he's 
has a firm goal or vision for his calculations. I think he's kind of always pivoting in the moment and whatever kind of strikes his fancy. And I, I, it, it's, it is a mental illness. I think it's more akin to what we see in some of our recent former presidents, just kind of doing what, whatever the fuck they want without no kind of no real end goal, but just kind of for shock value. You know, he's all about Trump was all about like PR and having his name in press and followers and, and this and getting a reaction out of people. And I'd say in a way, Lawrence is closer to Trump than someone with bipolar disorder. But I, I think Trump could easily be diagnosed with not necessarily, well, I don't know if you call it mental illness or personality disorder, but Lawrence is kind of on par with that in a way. He's funnier wow. and better no, looking. That is a good, that's a good uh, comparison. I like that. Lawrence is interesting. It just, you know, and I think if they ever do give him the backstory, it might solidify him too much somewhere. Like, oh, this is his stance. You know, unless they make it like he was always like this. You know, as a kid, just like, you know, doing goofy pranks or just keep mm -hmm. pushing people with, with, with insults to, until they, they punched him in the face, like, or something like yeah. that. Just see how far he can get people to go. Yeah, kind of a jerk, you know, P likes to push people's buttons, as what, what did Waterford say? He doesn't like to be bored. So he's always like, you know, yeah, he's just always kind of trying to stir the pot somehow, seeing what happens. He might be a little more careful about it now that he, he almost got put on the wall after last season when he thought he was doomed and then ended up, you know, getting a haircut instead of tortured. But uh, Nick really saved his ass. No, but he, he's, he's a great, great character. I mean, the, the way he plays it is very, very mysterious. With yeah. everything he does, everything. Yeah. So. I'm enjoying it. I'm glad you had me on. We talked about this. This is it's been a, a lot of fun this episode um, and the season, and I'm really enjoying the your podcast. You're having great, great conversations. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, yeah, I hope Thanks. you're enjoying it as well. I know you've been working your tail feather off. <laughs> yep it's it's been uh, it's been busy, but um, yeah, no, I'm enjoying the show, and it's always just the acting is so phenomenal, and a lot of the cinematography and that one episode that elizabeth moss directed the whole funeral procession was pretty amazing um yeah but anything else you want to talk about uh, the episode or the show before Not, we... it, you know it was, it was kind of a straightforward episode of, you know, other than other than a couple little things that we could theorize on but we we hit them already and uh just you know enjoyed coming on with you okay great well thanks so much tim it was awesome having you on I miss podcasting with you. Uh, yeah. Podcasting about Westworld this year was not the same without you. Uh, um, I mean, it's it's not the same Westworld, so I don't know yeah. if I'd be really good on that. I might be like I might be like Tuello, such a fucking disappointment. Oh, well, we always have Gilead, so yes. there you go. <laughs> I can hardly resist going back. Well, thanks everyone who tuned in to listen to the podcast and as always don't let the bastards grind you down <laughs>